Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. It's 35 minutes after 10. Uh, please do remember that at 11 o'clock we get the final news bulletin. Greg Host will be joining us. Make sure you are tuned in. In this social conversation, we're starting a series, uh, Raising the Bar, talking about how can we raise awareness of the negative impacts of corruption, even in our small circles, in our communities, in our families, in, in our workplaces. Um, how can we make sure that we eradicate corruption and all become ethical in the way we live. And we are hoping that we're going to be inspiring you as an A-teamer to start looking at the little activities that you do and the activities that others do and inspiring the correct change. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying between you and I, there are people who will go over stop streets um, without stopping, go over Red Robert without stopping. And that is, is, is part of just not being ethical, right? And sometimes it goes over and beyond that. A little bribe here, a little bribe there. Please don't give me a ticket. I'll do this to get that. Well, this is what Raising the Bar is going to do, inspire us to become better and to do better so that we live in a better society our guest is Penny Milner-Smythe of Ethical Ways. Uh, Penny is uh, the author of the Specialist Program in Anti-Corruption for the International Compliance Association and uh, monitors trends in the combating of corruption around the world. Penny, thank you very much for joining us. I am so excited about this new uh, conversation that we're having, Raising the Bar. Thank you, Patricia. Thanks to Late Night Conversations for launching Raising the Bar. Um, really looking forward to the series and um, tonight in particular to talking about some exciting initiatives from around the world, different sectors of society um, that we can turn to for um, best practices or to see um, showcased examples of the creative arts in particular, music, tourism and the like, uh, looking at how they can play a role in combating corruption. Well, I'm glad that you are mentioning a lot of, uh, you know, different sectors that can play a role in combating corruption, because some of us just think that it's an individual thing and no other industry can come in to to combat this particular scourge that we are facing globally. It's not a South African phenomenon, I'm sure. It's it's globally. So I can already imagine the impact, if you're saying arts, right? What art galleries and schools um, and, and uh, you know, music and all these industries that you have mentioned, if they were to engage artists and the youth in projects that depict you know, the impact of corruption and the value of integrity. I'm imagining the great impact it will have. Um, you're quite right. I think one of our failings um, or shortcomings is to blame uh, government um, in for corruption in its entirety, um, forgetting, of course, that uh, government, government can't be corrupt on its own. It's um, corrupt and partnership with uh, the private sector and sometimes with people like you and I as individuals um, in your traffic uh, bribe situation and we feel overwhelmed most definitely as individuals we need to not despair and to understand that we can each play a role and we need to look at these other sectors of society that that we've been talking about Um, one 
example of an art competition that attracted a lot of attention was one in the Latin American countries and Caribbean, where the Inter-American Development Bank sponsored um, a cartoon against corruption uh, program. And it was won by a cartoonist from Colombia, um, as well as someone from Chile. And what struck me was the organizers pointing out that when we can visualize a problem, for example, the phenomenon of corruption in all its aspects, that's really an essential step for our society and for each one of us as citizens, um, if we want to combat and, and prevent the problem of corruption. So what I'm going to be talking about with you this evening um, has visualization as an important tool as uh, quite a common thread. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, talk more about this visualization. I mean, how, how does it work? How does this common thread work? And also um, the, the issue of tourism. I mean, how does it come into play here? The good one to um, pick up on the visualization value. Um, so many good examples. And let me just talk about bus tours. Um, for example, in Mexico, there are a group of young people who've been running what they call the corrupt tours. Um, a pun on the word corrupter. Um, they take people around to um, visit the spoils of corruption, um, sites of deposed leaders, and um, they accompany this with very important social commentary, raising people's awareness of the impact that corruption has had on the country, um, mobilizing people in this way. Um, interestingly, in the UK, a former Russian banker called uh, Roman Borisovich um, spent quite some time running what uh, we refer to commonly as the kleptobus um, in anti-corruption circles. Um, he um, was very unhappy about the fact that wealthy politicians in, for example, Russian uh, Ukraine um, were diverting funds illicitly out of the country and using this dirty money to buy these spectacular mansions in, in, in London. And in his work, really based on serious investigative journalism, full of facts, he took large numbers of people around showing them these mansions and talking about these um, corrupt uh, owners and really made a contribution towards a move to saying we need um, countries like the UK to not allow um, this laundering of money gained through corrupt means in other countries um, on its shores. Sure, what a great um, initiative, yeah? Yeah, there are quite a few museum type spaces that have um, popped up here and there, sometimes temporary, sometimes permanent. Um, in the Ukraine, um, which we mentioned, and as much in the news at the moment, uh, there was a, a temporary museum, again, where people could go and see the spoils of corruption. Um, there's even a country where there was a president who had his own private golf course, and once he was deposed, they um, got the community to come and regularly play golf there, and all of this was around raising awareness. <laughs> 
So there's a lot that can be done. Uh, but uh, what needs to be done is that there needs to be a lot of social activism. I mean, you speak about music, and I'm thinking the role that music has played throughout all generations, throughout all, um, you know, plights that we've gone through, whether it's the war you're thinking about, uh, apartheid you're thinking about, you know. Um, every era has music that uh, played a role in raising social um, issues and social awareness. So do we have any examples that are recent where music is being used to engage people on the subject of corruption or are we just mum? Quite interesting. You're right. Music has played such an important role in social change over decades. Um, we don't have to go too far to find some good examples in our region. Um, I'd like to talk about um, voice to rep um, or voice to represent. Um, it's a first-of-its-kind music competition um, that searches for underground, undiscovered music artists who support accountability, who um, are wanting through their music to promote integrity in public life. Um, in Africa, the Voice to Rep um, program is taking place uh, Liberia up in the north, Nigeria, and excitingly on our borders in Zimbabwe. So the process is finding these young stars, helping them make their voices heard, connecting them with top music professionals, um, giving them skills. And obviously the public then get involved in um, voting. The outcome is not the important thing, it's the engagement process. Um, I'll give you a link at the end of the segment so that people can go and learn more about voice to rep very exciting. If you like rap and hip hop, listen to some of the tracks and you'll see the production quality is just superb. And maybe just briefly, the African Union actually are supporting uh, what are called the Accountability Music Awards, which is to recognize African musicians whose music is helping to fight corruption in Africa. These all sound like absolutely fabulous, fabulous uh, initiatives. Um, definitely looking forward to getting that uh, that link. And hopefully South African musicians can also be part of it because we know the bite of a corruption all too well. Let's take a bit of a break, A-teamers. We are in conversation with Penny Milner-Smythe of Ethical Ways. She's a, an author and also a specialist um, in anti-corruption for the International Compliance Association. We're talking raising the bar. Raising the bar of awareness, raising the bar of how we live as as individuals in our private spaces, in our corporate spaces, in schools, in communities, to making sure that we eradicate corruption, even in our small pockets. You know those things we call little white lies? Those brown envelopes, that little, you know, nudge and wink and you think you're going to get it your way? Uh, uh, it's not ethical. So we're raising the bar. Interact with us, A-teamers. How important is it for us as South Africans, as individuals, as global citizens, to be um, constantly talking about anti-corruption, even in our small pockets, even in our families? Interact on WhatsApp 0614-104107 or SMS 41391. You can also call in if you've got questions around the work that uh, Penny does at the International Compliance Association and also what we are talking about this evening on 11 714 
Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. We're in conversation with Penny Milner-Smith of Ethical Ways, uh, speaking Raising the Bar. This is a new series where we are going to be creating awareness when it comes to how we can live ethically in our little pockets and how to inspire each other as A-teamers to just initiate activities that will spread anti-corruption messages in our communities. It is very critical um, in, in all walks of lives. Let's be ethical as much as possible. Uh, ethical and also have integrity. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Do the right thing, not only for yourself, but for the rest of South Africa. And uh, right now, Penny is just taking us through some international and local um, uh, tools that can be used to raise anti-corruption awareness. So, Penny, earlier you were talking about music. Um, I understand there's also some reality TV and films as vehicles that could raise awareness. But when I think of reality TV, right, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking people are exposing their personal and private lives. And sometimes it's even a lot of negative news that is fed from these, um, you know, reality TV programs. And some of them even have sprinkles of corruption. So how can these be vehicles used to, to, to curb corruption? Good question. Um, I'd like to um, start with China um, and then come to a local program and answering the question. Um, now, I think what one needs to do is just put aside whatever perceptions one might have about China and know that the government and um, Chairman Xi, the head of the party, the ruling party, feels very strongly against corruption and wants corruption combated because he believes that it will be bad for the future of the party if people become disaffected with the government. And he put a lot of support and money and time and um, takes many measures, many of which we wouldn't necessarily approve of, but I want to talk about the way this Chinese government are supporting the arts and especially television. Um, they have funded and allowed or encouraged to be broadcast on the state broadcaster, um, a reality series following um, the version of um, our state um, investigating authorities. Um, so that people in the public get to see and see as heroes those who are investigating corruption in the country. They put money into a very high-end um, series called In the Name of the People. And In the Name of the People, big budget, high-end, has massive viewership and is a kind of CSI corruption buster program, um, very close to reality that has huge audiences. So those are exciting, thrilling programs that are engaging people in China, encouraging them to recognize and resist corruption. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> now, Penny, you know what? There's one thing that we can't run away from. Um, as much as, especially we, when it comes to bigger corruption and colluding and, and all these crimes, not the small ones where no one can see you, but the big ones. Those who end up blowing the whistle, are, are they safe? 
are they are they at ease to do such especially given the current climate i mean if someone is put on a social me- in a, a social media a page or they are put on a reality tv show around corruption and they are talking reality around corruption like in the example of china are they then protected well we know too well in our own situation that um, that is not always possible and it's not always the case and I think that a great deal depends on the context um, and the country in which that exposing is being done by the whistleblowers. Um, we know that it is not easy to blow the whistle, um, that there are high stakes in these very big grand corruption and massive procurement fraud situations. Um, but I think what might be quite useful, and possibly we could do this next week, is talk about the fact that every day in South Africa, Hundreds of people working in organizations are making use of ethics hotlines, are blowing the whistle on unethical activity, um, and are using mechanisms that help them to do that safely. Now, that is not always um, simple. It's not always possible just to make an anonymous report and walk away. We're very grateful to those in our country that have stood up Um, and made themselves available to be and bear witness. But what would be quite nice to do is to talk about how you can fulfill your obligation to speak up, whether that's to your organization you work in or to the country as a whole, in a way that is going to make you as safe as possible. So there are um, maybe some guidelines that we could share and let's have a conversation because One of the things that is of concern is that the terrible consequences that have been experienced of late by high profile whistleblowers that we need to put a spotlight on are at the same time having the effect of deterring people who might otherwise speak up and do so safely. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to that conversation next week. I've got an ATMR on the line, Asanda. Good evening, Asanda. Good evening, Asanda. Good evening, Mrs. Pat. I wonder if it's still all right for me to say compliments of the new season. <laughs> compliments. We've missed you. How have you been keeping up in those mountains? Right, right. And thank you for bringing the conversation to the fore. Oh, it's going to be here every single Monday for quite a while. We're raising the bar. Man, all right, Mrs. Pat. I wonder if I could just say my two cents, right? Go ahead, go ahead. And so, I mean, I think it's so important for us to actually um, talk about um, corruption, not only, I mean, in, in our communities, but the thing that makes it so hard is that, you know, with catered deplo- deployment, including in offices where young people like myself would like to establish projects and actually solicit funding, you find that people will not find that the allocated funding is actually directed towards the, the cause that it was initially uh, set apart for. So, I mean, you find people um, masquerading as um, uh, office bearers that actually serve the public, and we don't get to see um, these monies actually trickling down to um, support the work that they initially set out to support. I mean, I wonder if in the media world 
um, people would find funding to actually put together documentaries that tell stories of how these things actually happen in our local communities and how people go around with a socialized silence around this, like some hidden curriculum to say, it's okay for you not to talk about what is actually happening, lest you lose favor from those that actually allocate this type of funding. Sure. Asanda, always on point. Thank you very much for joining in and uh, and, uh, just giving us that comment. Well, wonderful. Thank you, Asanda, because what it does is um, bring to mind for me a very important project that is happening here in South Africa. It's actually a project that I think started in Nepal that has been pursued in a number of countries now called Integrity Idol. And what Integrity, um, I, uh, sorry, I should say Integrity Icon, it was originally called Integrity Idol. And this is doing something along the lines of what you're talking about. It's a program where people go out into the community, interview people in public service, for example, and identify and then nominate um, icons, people who um, stand for integrity, for honesty, for doing the right thing. Okay, the opposite of the people that you're talking about that really are a scourge. And um, through Integrity Icon, there's a process whereby these identified people have their stories filmed, obviously with their permission. Um, These are widely shared. They're creating new role models um, in the countries where they're operating. Um, Interestingly, in Mali, another African country, where Integrity Icons launched, the public said, well, there's no point because there are no honest officials here. But these days, hundreds of officials are nominated um, by people in Mali for the program every year. So, yeah, I I think that um, you'll be interested to know that Integrity Icon is um, a project of um, accountability lab, who are the people who are also initiators of Voice to Rep. And I'm going to be giving you direction to follow their links. Um, And I also think, Asanda, it would be quite good for us to talk at some point in time of this question that people who present as people doing good are not always people doing good. In fact, they're people who are doing quite the opposite. So that's a great topic, and we'll look forward to having your input when we when we have that conversation. Well, Penny, yes, we definitely look forward to all the A-teamers interacting with us. You mentioned earlier the links uh, to initiatives that you have spoken about. Could you please share them with us? Yes. Um, What I've done is the stories that we've spoken about, the initiatives that we've discussed this evening, um, links to those and references are all available on um, a blog article on the Ethical Ways website. So Ethical Ways is made up of two words, ethical and always, but just as one word, Ethical Ways. So you can go to the Ethical Ways website or go to our Facebook page and you'll find an article there that lists all these references. But I'd love to say to listeners, if you do nothing else, please visit the Accountability Lab website. It's accountabilitylab.org. You can go to our country, to different countries. You can see the music videos. You can get inspired and get involved. 
Absolutely, absolutely. It's been such a great pleasure starting this series of Raising the Bar. We are raising the bar to awareness when it comes to corruption. We are saying we are going to become better as parents, as uh, teachers, community members, spiritual leaders, artists, as in any field that we're in, in all our circles, we're going to do the right thing. And we're going to make sure that we mobilize our country in the right direction. I'm looking forward to us, uh, you know, continue on this trajectory. I think there's so much to tap into to Penny. I look forward to, to see you next week, Patricia. Oh man, don't just leave us like that. Don't you have any quotes to inspire us to be greater when it comes to anti-corruption? Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Maybe I'll share this one from um, uh, a very long time ago, a man called Edmund Burke. And what I always do is I change the pronouns um, whether you agree with that principle or not, to make them more inclusive. So he didn't say it quite like this, but what he did say was, no one makes a greater mistake than they who do nothing because they can only do a little. So just because we can only do a little, maybe we're a teacher who can set an art project or get children to write an essay on the impact of corruption and on the value of integrity and accountability and honesty that's a big contribution that you can make oh thank excellent. you thank you so very much penny looking forward to another interactive session on raising the bar have a great evening that was uh, Penny Milner-Smythe of Ethical Ways. We'll have another a segment of Raising the Bar next week, Monday. Right now, A-teamers, it's 11 o'clock on the dot. Let's go to Greg Hose with the final news bulletin. Good evening, Greg.